Yep, more Epstein crap. The shit hit the fan today. <laughs> we got it for you. Ah, yeah, I know. You're almost tired of hearing about it, but don't be because it's important. Disney just won't learn a lesson. Uh, oh, do you own stock in Disney? Why? And finally, is vegan food actually good? Well, we got a lot more and that plus more tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hey, what is it, Thursday? Yes, it is Thursday. Wow, tomorrow's Friday. Not bad. Happy Thursday. Hope your day's going well. Just getting started here. And uh, yeah, we are, uh, we're jam-packed. We got so much stuff to cover tonight. We're going to do all of that. And we will also continue on with our book tonight with uh, Treasure Island. And man, loving this book. <clears throat> all right. We do want to tell you about one of our sponsors here just before we get started. And uh, where would that be? How about this one? I <laughs> keep trying. Oh, man. All right, just give me a second here. There we go. NordVPN. Look, we live in a digital age. There is no getting around it. Our life is online. Your information is online. With the link in our show notes, you can get yourself VPN at one hell of a deal. Yes, there are free-to-try VPNs out there. They're limited. They only last so long, and if you think you know what a VPN's all about because you've got one of those free trial things, you don't. You need to get signed up for NordVPN, protect your data, protect your privacy, and right now they still have their exclusive Christmas deal, 65% off NordVPN's two-year plan and three months extra free at NordVPN. This is from Tech of Tomorrow. Listen to this. The bottom line here is when you're online, you don't have to worry about being secure or about your information getting out there if you have a VPN. And NordVPN makes it simple. Here's some great reasons why NordVPN beats the rest. You've got Express VPN, Private, Proton, Pure VPN. But take a look at this. These are the connection speeds far exceeds by three times the, any of the other services. VPN servers, twice in most cases, twice the amount of service to choose from. Scans for malware downloads, alerts any leaked credentials, ad tracker and ad blocker. They've got all that, not all the other services do. <clears throat> and NordVPN with this special Christmas deal, which is still going on, will offer you all of that and more. Protect your online activity. If you are not using a reliable VPN, your private information can easily be accessed by any site you visit, even by your own internet service provider, your own ISP. <clears throat> NordVPN will protect your information your contact information, where you're browsing from prying eyes. 
uninterrupted streaming, next-generation encryption, military-grade encryption, and easy to set up. You don't have to be a tech guru to do it. You put the app on your laptop or your phone, click one button, you are protected. That's it. It's just truly that simple. And you can connect up to six devices with a single NordVPN account. Six devices with one account. Think about it. 65% off and three months free using the link down there in our show notes for NordVPN. Thank you, NordVPN, for being part of the show and helping to sponsor. And uh, really, seriously, folks, do not go online without a VPN. You have no idea how many places and how many times your information gets out there. And it is a mess. All right. In our show notes, if you scroll down through our sponsors, you'll see in today's show, the very top link says Epstein Docs. And that is exactly what it says, what it is. <clears throat> this is from Court Lister, a free law project. It looks a little wonky, but it's not. <clears throat> I went through this today. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can't get that out of my throat. Okay, this is the case. These are the documents that have been released. There are all the attachments, all the testimony. There's a lot of them. There's 40 of them. And little summaries of what's in these documents. These are unredacted. These do not have John Doe, Jane Doe, whatever the hell, Doe. This is the actual court documents, and the link to that is in our show notes. I put that there, so if you want to crawl down the rabbit hole, but you know, if you actually look at these court documents, this will give you exactly the data without any opinion, no editorial comments, you can look through it yourself. You can make your own decisions. The Epstein files, finally, after what? A long time. We've been doing shows on the preliminary lead-up to this release for the last two days. Technofog, who probably is one of the best follows you will find on Twitter, X put a post up, it's a thread, and I put the link in our show notes. This guy knows what he's talking about. He's very well-researched, well-read. You can trust his sources. You can trust his data. And he did a brilliant thread on these just-now-released documents. Here are the most important John Doe's, starting with Bill Clinton, John Doe number 36. Deposition essential to provide info on his relationship with Maxwell and Epstein. There is the take. Apart from the defendant and Mr. Epstein, former President Clinton is a key person who can provide information about his close relationship with the defendant and Mr. Epstein and disapprove Ms. Maxwell's claims. Testimony from one witness. 
did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? Answer, he said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Let me back up. Do you know if Bill Clinton was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein? Answer, I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I did not know if they were friends until I read the Vanity Fair article about them going to Africa together. Question, did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? Answer, he said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. There are more batches of documents that have not yet been uploaded by the attorneys. A lot of documents relate to John Doe's who were merely witnesses or doctors. They're not all the perpetrators. The influencers, the media, basically have lied to you about these John and Jane Doe's. A lot of them are victims or doctors, people that testified who were not the people involved in the bad stuff. Allegations against Prince Andrew, also huge. Maxwell and Epstein put Prince Andrew's hand on a minor's 17-year-old breast. As Andrew cupped the breast of another girl who wasn't a minor. This is from the testimony. It's right there. That's why this is a factual post from Technofog. It's brilliant. Jeffrey Epstein admitted to one witness that the allegations against him were true. His excuse, they lied about their age. Who else was a visitor to Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach mansion? According to one witness, Michael Jackson. There's a name you haven't heard before on these names lists. From the testimony, did you ever meet anyone famous when you were with Jeffrey? Answer, I met Michael Jackson. Question, oh really, and where was that? Answer, at his house in Palm Beach. At Jeffrey's house in Palm Beach. Question, did you massage him? Answer, I did not. Victim Virginia Guffrey states she slept with billionaire Tom Pritzker, another John Doe, once. Pritzker, a member of the prestigious Alpine Institute, executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels. More allegations by Jeffrey. She was trafficked by Epstein and Maxwell to have sex with Prince Andrew. Maxine directed her to have sex with billionaire hedge fund manager Glenn Dubin. Again, the testimony is there. Magician David Copperfield, another name I hadn't heard of involved with Epstein. He was a guest at Epstein's house. They were described as friends. Copperfield performed magic tricks, asked if she was aware that girls were being paid to find other girls. <clears throat> wow. And there is a link to a story there. It's a brilliant post. 
full of information <clears throat> and really is a great summary of all the crap that's out there. And trust me, there's a lot of absolute false, misleading garbage by people who are trying just to get clicks, they're trying to get your attention. This post by Technofog just lays it out there. And just in top of that, in our show notes, you will see a post to the actual documents. So <clears throat> if you want to just absolutely read them yourself with no editorial opinions, they're right there. You can check it out yourself. It's a lot of reading, trust me, because these are legal proceedings. This is transcripts of court. So, all right, the border. Yeah, we're going back to the border. This is from the Daily Caller, and this quote from House Speaker Michael Johnson, we were completely overrun. He's describing conditions at the epicenter of the border crisis. House Speaker Mike Johnson said Wednesday, yesterday, the U.S.-Mexico border was being completely overrun and blamed Biden for the situation, of course, because that's precisely who ought to be blamed. Johnson and dozens of other representatives visited Eagle Pass in Texas they got a look at the situation at the border. 380,000 illegal aliens have been encountered in the U.S.-Mexico border during fiscal year 2024, which started October 1st. You know, I saw a post today that makes sense. People are calling them illegal immigrants. They're not immigrants. It implies a certain sort of migration, like birds. Birds migrate, and then they go back. These people migrate, and they stay. So immigrant really is not the right word. I think alien is the right word. Anyway, <clears throat> the numbers keep rising. What she said is patently absurd, Johnson told Fox Business after Kudlow played a clip of Karine Jean-Pierre attacking Republicans over immigration. They want more money to process illegals into the country. We're down here on the border of Eagle Pass. This is the epicenter of the problem, of course. 64 members of Congress, 29 states, one U.S. territory. We have people from California, Maryland, Florida, because every state is a border state. This administration has opened the border wide for the whole country. Incredible. And it just keeps getting worse. I like the, the phrase, close the border or we close the government. I think that is the best idea they've come up with in a long time. No paychecks, no funding, nothing. Shut the border or we will shut the government. 
Go for it. Do it. If you had any cojones, you'd do it. But you don't, so you won't. Nice talk, though. Good headline. Nice news clip. What does it mean? Likely, absolutely nothing. Are you vegan? Vegetarian? Do you like your food? Great. Is it any good? Well, if good to you means taste, I've tried vegan food. No, in my humble opinion, it sucks. Vegetarian food is not too bad. I would never be a vegetarian. I am a carnivore. I like my steak. I like my meat. But there are a few places here that have really nice vegetarian food. It's quite good, actually. Anyway, beyond the taste, is it any good for you? Well, well, of course it is. It's vegetarian. It's vegan. It has to be good for you, right? Not necessarily. This is from the Daily Caller. Links in our show notes. Vegan fast food options are not actually healthier. According to a new study, vegan fast food options actually are not any healthier than their carnivorous counterparts. According to a study published in Journal Nutrition, December last year, just a month ago, they provided dishes by 50 fast food brands in five countries, and those were analyzed by researchers who concluded that meatless alternatives are not inherently healthier than meat options, according to this study. They evaluated, wow, 1,868 dishes, revealed vegan versions contained less protein and sodium, greater amounts of carbohydrates, and sugar, according to the study. Plant-based dishes reportedly also do not necessarily have fewer calories. And you thought you were on a vegan diet. Uh-huh. Nope. Quote here from Mikolai Kaminsky, the author of the study, our findings revealed the plant-based fast food meals more likely to contain more carbs and sugar than most meat-based equivalents. Surprisingly, our study shows that plant-based meals are not associated with lower calories, which consumers likely don't realize. Dishes from fast food places like Burger King, Wagamama's, Pizza Express and Leon were included in the study. Findings also revealed certain meat-based dishes and plant-based ones tended to have allergens. Examples of the former reportedly eggs and fish, while examples of the latter were reportedly seeds and nuts. Wow! So, if you think your vegan diet is 
healthier, less calories, better for you, you would be wrong, according to this latest study. Chomp down on a burger, would you? Get yourself a steak. <laughs> Seriously, you're just wasting your time. Why are you bothering? Oh, save the animals, please. Shut up and sit. All right, Facebook, here we go. They're doing it again. You knew this was happening. Now they're just simply putting it out in front of your face. Reclaimthenet.org has this. Links in our show notes. Facebook is rolling out something called Link History. And it shows how it tracks every website you visit. If you're still using Facebook, the setting is turned on by default. Facebook, just like the rest of big tech, historically made a great effort to track users and the internet, even when you're not logged on to Facebook. Hmm. Data collecting, ultimately, of course, for monetary reasons. And now reports say a new way to achieve this has been recently launched by Facebook. Notably, for the first time, this kind of tracking has been made visible. It's always been happening. Now, they're sticking it right there in your face. Called Link History. The new features found in the Facebook app and essentially, it's uh, one of the permissions and documents that every link a user clicks while using the app is tracked. Reports say this has just been launched, but again, fully in vain of what Google, Microsoft, and all the others are doing. Facebook says the change of putting all the links in one place is there for a better user experience. Ha ha. You can turn it off. I strongly suggest if you are still using Facebook, and not many people are, honestly. It's on by default. Find it, turn it off. Right there. Tap on any link inside Facebook app, open the mobile browser, tap the three dots in the bottom right, then tap the browser settings. This link's in our show notes, so you can go check this out. This tells you how to turn that off. <clears throat> Do it. Turn it off. Better yet, why are you still on Facebook? Useless. Useless! Speaking of useless, Disney just can't get their crap together. Cannot learn a lesson. What, seriously, what the hell is wrong with these people? They've tried to go woke after woke after woke. They've destroyed movie franchises. They've destroyed business. Their stock has fallen through the floor. They've had an absolutely disastrous 2023. 
And apparently, from all the writing on the wall, they're not doing a damn thing to change. This is unbelievable. From the Epic Times, Disney's disaster year puts its movie-making magic into question. Unbelievable. Considering massive layoffs earlier last year, falling stock prices, box office failures, the mouse house seems ready for a makeover in 2024. Despite 2023 being Disney's 100th anniversary, should be reason for celebration, right? Instead, their damaged reputation from putting messages over entertainment makes more headlines than the films it tries to put out. Looking back at the year, seven out of eight major theatrical releases from the studio underperformed nationally and internationally. Among the flops, Wish, The Marvels, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, The Little Mermaid live remake, and Haunted Mansion, another summer remake. That's the other thing. Can you not come up with something original and not woke? Why does everything have to be some DEI remake crap? Which obviously no one is interested in. Ant-Man and the Wasp. All-star cast. Total flop. And most of Disney's wounds are completely self-inflicted. No mega company should take political sides or engage in the culture wars, film critic Christian Toto says. Truer words, my friend. Host of the Hollywood Toto podcast, the studio also entrusted beloved franchises with storytellers who don't respect the fans. You know, the people who pay money to buy movie tickets? The asses that sit in those seats in the theater? Those folks, no respect. The very people who market Disney content free of charge on social media and everywhere else. And that's not the last of it. Like I said, apparently, they just don't want to care. They're just going to keep going and keep doing what they're doing because I don't know if you saw this or not, but here it is. Star Wars director. The new one. Comments about men, which sparks more calls to boycott. And there the moron is. Some social media users called for boycotting Disney again after the new Star Wars director, Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy's comments on men were brought to light. She is a Pakistani-Canadian journalist 
two-time Oscar-winning filmmaker. Her films typically give a voice to feminist issues, so you can just imagine how she's going to completely destroy the Star Wars franchise. Most recently, she directed Ms. Marvel, a part of Disney's Marvel cinematic blowed-up-in-their-face universe miniseries featuring the first Muslim superhero in the MCU. Discussing the new Star Wars on CNN last Sunday, Chinoy said, I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel we're about to create something very special. We're in 2024 now and it's about time we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. The best thing you could do for the Star Wars franchise, my dear, is to stay far, far away. But she's been hired because Disney just doesn't give a damn about you, about their audience, about their stockholders. All they care about is kissing ass with the woke community. And that's it. They'll never learn. Think they don't have to. The big fall hard and they are falling. Interesting story. Not going to spend a whole lot of time out on it, but uh, it's from John Solomon's site, Just the News. Pressure's growing in Congress to determine if Biden got defensive initial briefing on China. Read this article. It will open your eyes. While we're all concerned with the Epstein name list, the testimony being released, all the other crap that's going on, do not forget that the rotting bag of flesh in the White House still has a crime family he's running. That traitor that sits in the Oval Office. And this story will tell you more about that. Former FBI intel chief says a defensive briefing was likely and that he fears Joe Biden chose his son's best interest ahead of national policy. The FBI conducted FISA surveillance on one of Hunter Biden's Chinese business partners, while other federal prosecutors secured evidence that a second Chinese associate of the first family was present when foreign bribery payments were made. Oh, yeah. And you wonder why Epstein's testimony is all being released and that's all you're seeing all over the news? Lesser of two evils? Bank transactions? court transcripts, pressure on Congress to try and resolve an important question. Did Joe Biden or any of his family get a defensive briefing from U.S. intelligence that some of their foreign business partners had unsavory ties or were engaged in criminal behavior? Yes, the answer to that is abso-freaking-lutely.
and on and on. And while you do shiny red object looking over there, otherwise known as the Epstein files. Look, make no mistake, those files are important. That court testimony is very telling. A lot of people should be in jail. A lot of very famous people should be in jail for life without parole. Will it happen? Absolutely not. Should happen, but ain't going to. It's very rare the good guys win. This good guy did. What a great story. Links in our show notes. It's from Red State. Good guy with a gun escapes the claws of a Soros-funded prosecutor. Wow. A Houston, Texas grand jury has elected not to charge a man who shot and killed a career criminal who tried to hold up a Houston Tequera in January a year ago. January 5th, 2023, 30-year-old Eric Eugene Washington entered El Ranchito Taquera, Taqueria, I guess, in southwest Houston, brandishing what turned out to be a toy pistol. Didn't know it at the time. Looked for all the world like a real gun. Demanded the customers give him money. As Washington went to leave the shop, one of the customers shot him nine times. He would be what we used to call DRT, dead right there. There's a video. If you're squeamish, you might probably not want to watch it. I'm not going to play it. Customer then left the restaurant. Four days later, the 46-year-old guy who shot him, remains anonymous, by the way, contacted the Houston homicide detectives through his attorney. At the time, I had two major concerns. First and foremost, the district attorney for Harris County in Houston is George Soros-funded Kim Og. She runs an office that just coddles criminals if she charges them at all. Killing a protected, even if not endangered species, seemed guaranteed to unleash a shitstorm. Not particularly sensitive about criminals when they hit their FAFO moment. In this case, Pretty solid, defensible case for the first four rounds. The next four rounds kind of may be in the gray area of legality. And the ninth round could, in the right lighting, be mistaken for an execution. Anyway, they charged the guy. A grand jury says, nope, we're not indicting him. Good on you. F-A-F-O, folks. That's what it's all about. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways. Indeed, he does. You ready for this? 
this is some, I don't know who she is. I have no idea what network she's reporting for or TV station. But she's obviously in Washington. And she's about to file a report. This is raw footage of her doing what they call in the business a stand-up. Like I said, the Lord works in mysterious ways. All right, you ready? Yeah, when you're ready. Okay. Since the January 6th attack on the US Capitol, when supporters of Donald Trump stormed this building, trying to prevent the election victory of Joe Biden from being certified on the anniversary. <laughs> in mysterious ways that's funny <laughs> all right I just had to end with that because it was a great way to <laughs> great way to wrap up this part of the show before we start our book <laughs> I love it all right as you know we read books on this show classic children's literature we've been doing it for almost the very beginning when you first started Three, four years ago, I think it's been now 527 shows, I think, as of today. Wow. All right. Anyway, we're doing um, we're doing Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Brilliant, brilliant book. Uh, I did not read this as a kid. I wish I had. I probably got assigned it as schoolwork and just, you know, did not. Anyway, uh, we're making our way through. We're about halfway, almost to the end of Chapter 20. And uh, we'll go through this and uh, continue on with Lord, no, not Lord of the, not Lord of the Flies. That was our old book, Treasure Island. Wow. All right. I'm trying to get all this stuff straightened out, if you can't tell. <laughs> the, uh, the attack is about to happen on the stockade. They're getting ready for it. They are prepared. And we will move forward with Treasure Island. Soon the sand was baking, resin melting in the logs of the brick house, jackets and coats flung aside, shirts thrown open at the neck, rolled up to the shoulders, and we stood there, each at his post, in a fever of heat and anxiety. An hour passed away. Hang them, said the captain. This is as dull as the doldrums. Gray whistle for a wind. Just at that moment came the news of the first attack. If you please, sir, said Joyce, if I see anyone, am I to fire? I told you so, cried the captain. Thank you, sir, returned Joyce with the same quiet civility. Nothing followed for a time, but the remark had set us all on alert. Straining ears and eyes, the musketeers with their pieces balanced in their hands, the captain out in the middle of the blockhouse with his mouth very tight and a frown on his face. So some seconds passed till suddenly Joyce whipped up his musket and fired. The report had scarcely died away ere it was repeated and repeated from without in a scattering volley. 
shot behind shot, like a string of geese from every side of the enclosure. Several bullets struck the log house, but not one entered. And as the smoke cleared away and vanished, the stockade and woods around it looked as quiet and as empty as before. Not a bow waved, not a gleam of a musket barrel betrayed the presence of our foes. Did you hit your man? asked the captain. Uh, no, sir, replied Joyce. I believe not. Next best thing to tell the truth, muttered Captain Smollett. Load his guns, Hawkins. How many should you say there were on your side, doctor? I know precisely, said Dr. Livesey. Three shots were fired on this side. I saw the three flashes, two close together, one further to the west. Three, repeated the captain. And how many on yours, Mr. Trelawney? But this wasn't so easily answered. There had come many from the North Seven. By the squire's computation, eight or nine, according to Gray. From the east and west, only a single shot had been fired. It was plain, therefore, the attack would be developed from the north, and that on the other three sides we were only to be annoyed by a show of hostilities. But Captain Smollett made no change in his arrangements. If the mutineers succeeded in crossing the stockade, he argued, they would take possession of any unprotected loophole and shoot us down like rats in our own stronghold. Nor had we much time left to us for thought. Suddenly, with a loud huzzah, a little cloud of pirates leaped from the woods on the north side and ran straight on the stockade. At the same moment, the fire was once more open from the woods, and a rifle ball sang through the doorway and knocked the doctor's musket into bits. The boarders swarmed over the fence, little monkeys. Squire and Gray fired again and yet again. Three men fell, one forward into the enclosure, two back on the outside. But of these, one was evidently more frightened than hurt for he was on his feet again in a crack and instantly disappeared among the trees. Two had bit the dust. One had fled. Ford made good their footing inside our defenses, while from the shelter of the woods, seven or eight men, each evidently supplied with several muskets, kept up a hot though useless fire on the log house. The four who'd boarded made straight before them for the building, shouting as they ran, and the men among the trees shouted back to encourage them. Several shots were fired, but such was the hurry of the marksmen that not one appeared to have taken effect. In the moment, the four pirates had swarmed up the mound and were upon us. The head of Job Anderson, the boatswain, appeared at the middle loophole. Adam, all hands, all hands, he roared in a voice of thunder. At the same moment, another pirate grasped Hunter's musket by the muzzle, wrenched it from his hands, and plucked it through the loophole, and with one stunning blow, 
laid the poor fellow senseless on the floor. Meanwhile, a third, running unharmed all around the house, appeared suddenly in the doorway and fell with his cutlass on the doctor. Our position was utterly reversed. A moment since we were firing under cover at an exposed enemy, now it was we who lay uncovered and could not return a blow. The log house was full of smoke to which we owed our comparative safety. Cries and confusion, the flashes and reports of pistol shots, and one loud groan rang in my ears. Out, lads! Out and fight him in the open! Cutlasses! cried the captain. I snatched a cutlass from the pile, and someone at the same time snatched another gave me a cut across the knuckles, which I hardly felt. I dashed out the door into the clear sunlight. Someone was close behind, I knew not whom. Right in front, the doctor was pursuing his assailant down the hill, and just as my eyes fell upon him, beat down his guard and sent him sprawling on his back with a great slash across his face. Round the house, lads! Round the house, cried the captain, and even in the hurly-burly, I perceived a change in his voice. Mechanically, I obeyed. I turned eastward, and with my cutlass raised, ran round the corner of the house. The next moment, I was face to face with Anderson. He roared aloud, and his hanger went up above his head, flashing in the sunlight. I had not time to be afraid, but as the blow still hung impending, leaped in a trice upon one side, and missing any footing in the soft sand, rolled headlong down the slope. When I'd first sallied from the door, the other mutineers had been already swarming up the palisade to make an end of us. One man in a red nightcap with his cutlass in his mouth had even gotten up on top and thrown a leg across. Well, so, so short had been the interval that when I found my feet again, all was in the same posture. The fellow with the red cap, still halfway over, another just showing his head above the top of the stockade. And yet, in this breath of time, the fight was over, and the victory was ours. Gray, following close behind me, had cut down the big boatswain, ere he had time to recover from his lost blow. Another had been shot at a loophole in the very act of firing into the house, and now lay in agony, the pistol still smoking in his hand. A third, as I had seen, the doctor had disposed of at a blow. Of the four who'd scaled the palisade, one only remained unaccounted for, and he, having left his cutlass on the field, was now clambering out again with the fear of death upon him. Fire! Fire from the house! cried the doctor. And you lads, back into cover! But his words were unheeded. No shot was fired, and the last boarder made good his escape and disappeared with the rest into the wood. In three seconds, nothing remained of the attacking party but the five who had fallen, 
four on the inside, one on the outside of the palisade. The doctor, Gray, and I ran full speed for shelter. Survivors would soon be back where they had left for their muskets, and at any moment the fire might recommence. The house by this time was somewhat cleared of smoke. We saw at a glance the price we'd paid for victory. Hunter lay beside his loophole, stunned. Joyce by his, shot through the head, never to move again. While right in the center, the squire was supporting the captain, one just as pale as the other. Captain's wounded, said Mr. Trelawney. Have they run? asked Mr. Smollett. All that could, you may be bound, returned the doctor, but there's five of them will never run again. Five, cried the captain. Come, that's better. Five against three leaves us four to nine. That's better odds than we had at the starting. We were seven to nine then, or so we thought. That's about as bad as to bear. The mutineers were soon only eight in number, for the man shot by Mr. Trelawney on board the schooner died that same evening of his wound. But this, of course, not was known until after the faithful party. Part five is coming up next, My Sea Adventure. That'll be chapter 22, called How My Sea Adventure Began. And we will start that on tomorrow's show. Cool. We're getting close, getting down to the end. Our last, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last segment of it. So uh, hope you're enjoying. Treasure Island. All right, that is going to do it for us. Thank you, folks. Please hit that follow button. Join us and uh, follow the show. It really helps out a lot. It's absolutely free for you to do, and it helps us out. Thank you from the bottom of my wrinkled old heart. Check out our special deals, Blackout Coffee, NordVPN. They're all down there in our show notes. And I will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>